Book Eleven, Chapter Four of The Hunchback of Notre Dame by Victor Hugo. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Book Eleven, Chapter Four The Marriage of Quasimodo. We have just said that Quasimodo disappeared from Notre Dame on the day of the gypsies and of the archdeacon's death. He was not seen again, in fact, no one knew what had become of him. During the night which followed the execution of La Esmeralda, the nightmen had detached her body from the gibbet, and had carried it, according to custom, to the cellar of Montfaucon. Montfaucon was, as Sauval says, the most ancient and the most superb gibbet in the kingdom. Between the faubourgs of the temple and Saint-Martin, about a hundred and sixty toises from the walls of Paris, a few bow-shots from La Courtille, there was to be seen on the crest of a gentle, almost imperceptible eminence, but sufficiently elevated to be seen for several leagues round about, an edifice of strange form, bearing considerable resemblance to a Celtic cromlech, and from where also human sacrifices were offered. Let the reader picture to himself, crowning a limestone hillock, an oblong mass of masonry, fifteen feet in height, thirty wide, forty long with a gate, an external railing, and a platform. On this platform sixteen enormous pillars of rough-hewn stone, thirty feet in height, arranged in a colonnade round three of the four sides of the mass which support them, bound together at their summits by heavy beams, whence hung chains at intervals. On all these chains, skeletons. In the vicinity, on the plain, a stone cross and two gibbets of secondary importance, which seem to have sprung up as shoots around the central gallows. Above all this, in the sky, a perpetual flock of crows. That was Montfaucon. At the end of the fifteenth century, the formidable gibbet, which dated from 1328, was already very much dilapidated. The beams were worm-eaten, the chains rusted, the pillars green with mould. The layers of hewn stone were all cracked at their joints, and grass was growing on that platform which no feet touched. The monument made a horrible profile against the sky, especially at night when there was a little moonlight on those white skulls, or when the breeze of evening brushed the chains and the skeletons, and swayed all these in the darkness. The presence of this gibbet sufficed to render gloomy all the surrounding places. The mass of masonry which served as foundation to the odious edifice was hollow. A huge cellar had been constructed there, closed by an old iron grating which was out of order, into which were cast not only the human remains, which were taken from the chains of Montfaucon, but also the bodies of all the unfortunates executed on the other permanent gibbets of Paris. To that deep charnel-house, where so many human remains and so many crimes have rotted in company, many great ones of this world, many innocent people, have contributed their bones, from Enguerrand de Marigny, the first victim, and a just man, to Admiral de Coligny, who was its last and who was also a just man. As for the mysterious disappearance of Quasimodo, this is all that we have been able to discover. 
about eighteen months or two years after the events which terminate this story, when search was made in that cavern for the body of Olivier la Dame, who had been hanged two days previously, and to whom Charles the Eighth had granted the favour of being buried in Saint-Laurent in better company, they found among all those hideous carcasses two skeletons, one of which held the other in its embrace. One of these skeletons, which was that of a woman, still had a few strips of a garment which had once been white, and around her neck was to be seen a string of a drazerac beads with a little silk bag ornamented with green glass, which was open and empty. These objects were of so little value that the executioner had probably not cared for them. The other, which held this one in a close embrace, was the skeleton of a man. It was noticed that his spinal column was crooked, his head seated on his shoulder-blades, and that one leg was shorter than the other. Moreover, there was no fracture of the vertebrae at the nape of the neck, and it was evident that he had not been hanged. Hence the man to whom it had belonged had come thither and had died there. When they tried to detach the skeleton which he held in his embrace, he fell to dust. The End of The Hunchback of Notre Dame by Victor Hugo